Hello, I'm Neil Whelan and welcome to the Wesleyan Podcast. This time out we're covering dental indemnity insurance as Laura Weaver sits down with Kevin Kalini from Densura. They talk about what indemnity insurance does, how it helps dentists and how it dovetails with what we do here at Wesleyan. As always, this podcast is just for information purposes and shouldn't be taken as financial advice. If you'd like to know more about what Wesleyan and Densura do, I'll be back at the end to give you website addresses where you can find out more and contact us both. But for now, let's hear from Kevin and first up, Laura. Hi Kevin, welcome to Wesleyan Dental Podcast. It's great to have you with us today. Great to be here, thanks for inviting me. Just to kick us off, can you just um, introduce yourself and how you help the dental profession? Okay, so I'm Kevin Kalini and I head up um, a dental indemnity provider called Densura. Um, and we've adopted, I think, you know, a, a very different approach. Our product is designed by dentists for dentists. And the whole intention is that we're there when dentists need us most. So, you know, we've got a big team of, of practicing dentists who are also legal, legally qualified, which is quite important. Um, so they do understand what dentists have to do day to day. And the whole service is really aimed at, you know, the empathetic approach, getting to problems early. And as I say, just being there when dentists need us. Okay, that's really interesting. So there seems to be a lot going on in the world of indemnity in the dental space at the moment. Do you mind just briefly highlighting the big things that are happening that might be kind of casting a spotlight on this topic? Yeah, well, of course, for for, for us, it's our whole world. Um, so it's very important. Um, number of things going on. I suppose the one that's hit the headlines the most is vicarious liability and a wonderful thing called the non-delegable duty of care. And this really flows from um, a couple of uh, court cases which went against practice owners, where the practice owner was held um, liable for claims brought against their um, brought against them, which are, which were actually the fault of the dentist themselves. So um, it, it's it, there's a recent case which is the Rattan case, which was an appeal, um, which was good news on the face of it, and the Rattan case was good news because. Um, the court said that the vicarious liability didn't actually apply and it was actually the dentist that should be liable, not the people with their name over the door, the practice owner. And unfortunately, it's not as good a news as we would like because the non-delegable duty of care is still there. You can't delegate your duty as the practice owner um, to your dentist. So you're kind of still on the hook. So it's a bit of um, when it came out, it looked like good news, but it's more like false news. Um and if I can sort of continue, I suppose the other the other thing that's I think on the horizon, which is quite interesting, is um, um, the Patterson case. So if I'm going to talk about that for a second, um, so Patterson was a rogue uh, surgeon, and unfortunately he he um, went went exactly went exactly that went a bit rogue. Um, he's currently serving 20 years um, for his crimes, and. The women that he harmed, and there were unfortunately over a thousand women that made a claim against him and his defence body, the Medical Defence Union, which is the the, the mothership, if you like, of the Dental Defence Union, um, they didn't respond to the claim because it was a criminal act. Um, and so the government um, said they had to have an inquiry into what happened around Patterson um, and make sure that people were properly compensated. Uh, the Bishop of Norwich produced a report and in that report, he produced a series of recommendations. And one of those recommendations, uh, if you care to read it, it's recommendation number 11, is that indemnity should be reformed 
and that there should be no more discretionary indemnity as provided by the defence bodies. That shouldn't be allowed anymore. Now, all of this happened some time back, um, and with COVID intervening, not much has happened. Um, but Sajid Javid, the Health Secretary, stood up in the House of Commons just before Christmas and did confirm that indemnity would be reformed during the course of 2022. So we're really waiting to see what that looks like. Um, I can take a guess of what it looks like, but we don't we don't know yet. Okay, okay, that's really interesting. Then. So let's examine the pattern inquiry in more detail. So what would the significance be for the outcome of this for dentists? Okay, so so up until now, um, in fact, the last 100, 100 years or so, the defence bodies, who you know as um, Dental Protection, as, as DDU and MDDUS, have been providing you know, a pretty good service to dentists, but they do it as a, as a discretionary membership organisation. So that means you join them as a member and you have the right to request their assistance if you run into difficulties, really for patient complaints and for claims. Um, there's no compunction on the indemnity provider to respond. Uh, they're not insurance companies. A lot of people think they are insurance companies, but they're not, in fact. They're just membership organisations. And the problem that the, the Patterson inquiry found and the, and the report of the Bishop of Norwich was that that left a great deal of uncertainty. I mean, in the case of Patterson, um, the damages that were awarded to, to the women were um, around £55 million. Pounds, and that... Yeah. Um, wasn't met by the MDU, but it's important to point out, actually, it wouldn't be met by an insurance company either, because um, insurance companies don't cover deliberate or criminal acts. Um, that wouldn't be indemnified. But the Bishop of Norwich produced a report and has requested that, well, sorry, has recommended that there's a, a reform of indemnity. And, and we expect that to see that any provider of indemnity will have to be regulated and will have to provide. Um, a policy of insurance as opposed to discretionary membership. So the big change that we see on the horizon, and it could be later on this year, is insurance, which is what we provide, will become compulsory and the, the providers of indemnity will have to be regulated so that they are accountable. And if, if someone doesn't have a claim that's met, they do have a right of appeal, whereas at the moment there is no regulator for the defence bodies. Um, they can just decide not to indemnify. Although I would I would reiterate, they've been around a long time and by and large, they've, got a, they've done a good job, but change is coming. And I think it's just important for dentists just to think about what that change might mean. And, and there's a couple of, they possibly need to be a little bit wary of some of the in, in insurance policies that are on offer. Okay, so we kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier about vicarious liability and what the latest news is here. Is there more on the horizon, do you think, that might cause a threat that may require them to rethink their indemnity? Yeah, I think, um, as I say, I think we're going to see an increasing number of claims that are brought against practice owners because the door is still open for this non-delegable duty of care and the courts have recognised that. Interestingly, there is a big difference, or there seems to be a difference, if your uh, if your procedures are carried out on the NHS or if they're carried out privately, because the Rattan judgment did apply to NHS dentistry. I think you've got a bigger defence to say it's not me, the practice owner, because I I'm I don't hold the contract. It's the dentist who has the contract with 
the patient in private work, but where it's an NHS patient, the contract is held by the practice owner. And therefore that cut through to the practice is, is far clearer. So there's, there's a real delineation in terms of the NHS and the private work. Okay. So we'll, we'll see how that plays through. You know, um, per, my personal view is that is that the problem is going to remain and that any practice owner needs to make sure they're protected for vicarious liability and non-delegable duty, which they should be under a good policy. Okay. So just looking retrospectively here, are there are dentists at risk of legal action um, for past uh, treatment carried out by associates? And is there anything they can do to protect themselves from that point of view? Yeah, and that's that's a great question because um, the answer is that yes, they can be responsible for many years. And they can be responsible after they've sold a practice. So there's a number of issues here. One is considering the contract terms when you're selling a practice and, and what happens to the past liability. Um, but also making sure that your insurance policy provides the vicarious liability cover, but also that it does it on a retroactive basis. So the cover that we do, we provide with Densura does apply retroactively. So if a claim is made for something that happened in the past, it's going to be covered. Whereas some other policies could, in the small print, say that they only apply from the inception of the policy. So they wouldn't cover the past liability. So as ever with a lot of these cases, the devil's in the detail. OK. All right. So that's a really important point to consider going forwards then. Absolutely. So in terms of, well, we touched on it earlier. So you've got the defence organisations that seem to be offering discretionary. And then obviously there's insurance brokers that offer an insurance sort of product. What's the, what's the difference? And um, is what are the pros and cons for each? Okay, so again, discretionary is is just that um, you don't have to pay pay a claim um, or or meet a patient complaint. Whereas under insurance, you have a you know people will be familiar with their household and their motor. You have a policy of insurance with terms and conditions, and that does um, compel the insurer to respond to to any claim. Um, what's what's interesting, I suppose, is the different types of insurance that are on offer. So. Uh, for example, Densura offers a occurrence-based cover. So that means that you are covered for all the work that you do while you're a member of Densura, while you have that insurance policy with us. And if a claim is brought 10 years later, you'll still be covered for it. So that's, that's an important thing. Some insurers are offering what's called claims-made coverage. And there, the policy that responds is a policy that's in place at the time that the claim is made. So if you think about that, if you cease practice or you, know, you retire, then you would have to purchase runoff cover to give you that extended time for patients to make complaints after you've ceased practice. Um, now, we, we've taken the view that that's unreasonable and that we should have an occurrence-based form, which is kind of what the insurer, well, sorry, what the defence bodies do, although theirs isn't insurance, but they work on an occurrence basis. And that way you make sure that you're protected in perpetuity so you don't have to worry about it after retirement but then there's a there's a nuance there which is you've also got to look at that retroactive liability so what happens to claims that are made prior to and if if you're moving um if you're moving from a, a claims made policy with an insurer to a claims occurrence policy which was what we would offer um, then we would also provide you that retroactive cover as well so that you're fully covered both for your past acts and for any claims in the future. 
So again, just pays to look at the basis of cover and make sure that you're really familiar with those terms and making sure that you've got cover for past acts and for claims being brought in the future. Absolutely. So um, from your perspective, are there any big pitfalls, risks, misconceptions that you kind of experience in the indemnity world when it comes to dental professionals? Yeah, I suppose, you know, the biggest one is, is the one I've just mentioned. It's claims made versus versus claims occurrence. Um, but I think also, you know, it's making sure that you've got the right, uh, the right advice when, when a, a claim is made, because, you know, no one buys a policy hoping that they're going to get a claim made. But if, if that does happen and we see that dentists on average will get a patient complaint every year, that's what we see on average throughout our book, our book. Um, and some of those will turn into claims. You want to make sure you've got proper support. So there's no, I don't think there's any point in, in having a lawyer be the first person that you speak to. What you want, the person you want to speak to is another dentist who understands the technicalities, who can speak clinician to clinician. So again, it's worth just checking what's the support services that are provided around any insurance that, that, that you're looking at as a dentist and making sure that you've got all of those all of those services and then of course that the lawyers are behind that as well so you want to make sure that you're buying into the right team and that's that's not always um the cheapest cover but it does it does pay just to dig beneath the surface a little bit and also to make sure that it covers all of your work so if you're doing things like facial aesthetics um some policies exclude that we include facial aesthetics we have a specific cover for it but just make sure that you've got that cover um that covers all of the work that you're likely to do Okay, that's great. Thank you. So finally, is there anything else that you think that dentists need to be thinking about for the future of their indemnity insurance or any um, things in the horizon that might impact that kind of decision? Yeah, I think it's it's just keeping alive to the changes that are coming. Um, and it's also changes that are happening in dentistry because, you know, we're, we're living in a world where, you know, digital dentistry is is all powerful. I think there's some wonderful um, new technology that's being used and I think the dentists just need to make sure that their insurance provider you know is is all over that and really understands the technology understands the coverage that needs to be provided understands what happens if something doesn't work that maybe isn't within the dentist's control make sure they've got coverage for that again it's all the little nuances and that that comes from just going to somebody who you know, who kind of gets dentistry. And I, I would suggest that, you know, has dentists who are involved in the business providing the cover. And that's our show for this week. Thank you to Kevin and Laura. If you're a dentist, or indeed anyone who feels they could do with some financial advice, you can find out more about what we do at Wesleyan and get in contact with us by going to wesleyan.co.uk. You can also find us on Twitter at Wesleyan and search for us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. As for Densura, you can find them at dinsura.com and like us across all the usual social media sites. And if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast and give us a like wherever you've downloaded it. But that's it for now. So until next time, thanks for listening.